0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is To Serve With Love, a criminal justice reform podcast. I'm here with uh, Yiv rabitzko Kolokowski, of course, who is the chief chaplaincy at Waymart, Um, But we're also joined today by someone we're going to call Tuvia who is a former incarcerated individual. And uh, he has a, an extremely interesting story. Uh, and I actually, Tuvia, I want to zero in on one aspect that I found interesting uh, about it. And that's the fact that you spent a number of years in a, in a federal institution, and you spent that time with your dad. And we're going to call your dad Amram. So Tuvia and Amram were actually together uh, in tell us a little bit what it was like uh to spend that incarceration time with someone that I, that you're so dear to with someone like your dad
1: right okay i should also mention my brother uh my brother was with us too as well as um some other people that we knew so i should when we were younger we we first of all never went on any trips certainly not like this so this this was certainly i mean imagine imagine we were busy with our lives i mean we, we were um, we're all grown up already I, we're all busy with our individual family lives and all of a sudden then you know in one wednesday uh eight years ago all of a sudden we're we're sharing sharing cells together and bunk beds uh like we did when we were kids so it was really really quite uh quite a, uh, a sudden and <laughs> drastic uh, a, a change in direction in our lives.
0: And, and I'm again, obviously this was not fun and right off. Would you say that one of the things to be that allowed you to, to, to retain, you know, some of the positive attitudes that you have was the fact that you spent this time with family and that was able uh, to give you some sort of balance and, and recognition that this will end the people that are most, many of the people that are most important to me are with me. Would you? I, I would just assume that's the case. I mean, I think that would probably be the answer, right?
1: Well, I mean, there's many, there's pros and cons. No, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> so when w- one of the things that's hard to come by in prison is people that you can depend on, and, and you need people that you can rely on to watch your back, help you out with certain things that you need to take care of. I mean, you're still trying to live your life there in in whatever uh, capacity that is. And it's, it is, it is really, it's certainly uh, a very helpful uh, tool, I mean, a very helpful uh, uh, factor to be able to have people that really legitimately are, are watching out for you. It also, it also expands your, 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 um, your uh, risk level because you have to look out for them and they have to look out for you. Often in prison, it's every man for himself. And in this case, I, I always had to be group minded about it, but overall for morale, as well as for even things like family visits and, and just, uh, you know, general looking out for each other. If somebody was in a bind, uh, it really was, uh, for the most part it, it really was a tremendous advantage it was really the optimal situation that we could have uh hoped for under the uh, under the circumstances and we have to thank organi- i'm sorry just we have to thank organizations uh like Olive institute who, who really moved heaven and earth to make that happen it's really uh against policy uh, at least in the federal on the federal level especially more not because we were related but because we were co-defendants
0: so in other words, it's interesting what you're saying. In other words, if, if, if in an unrelated case, one brother ends up in a prison with another brother, perhaps the authorities aren't going to be so upset about, it. but here they almost feel that um, we need to punish you more. So therefore, since you all were in the same case and were sentenced for essentially the same quote unquote crime, it would we want you to suffer more, so we probably would separate you. So you're saying Aleph and other people intervened in order to make it possible that you would be together, correct?
1: Well, I don't think the purpose is to make people suffer more, I mean, they have other resources for that. Um, I so believe what, the res- what would be
0: the purpose then
1: for well, to co defendants separate, uh, just because they want to deter, they, they, they want to make it. Uh, they they, they want to uh, uh, make it not possible for them to continue conspiring um, it conti- uh, once as they're together. People continue, uh, you know, coming up with other schemes as they're together. Even after someone gets out when they're on probation, they also have to avoid um, anyone else that has a record or at least report it to their mm. their parole officer. Oh, I, 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 I okay,
0: right. so it's it's not the family per se; it's the fact that you were part of. El Familia, whatever it is, you're a part of that family uh, who had been together in, in the crime more than it is about we don't want this guy to have it cushy in prison because he's with someone that he's related to.
1: Right. I would actually say uh, quite the opposite. Uh, um, they, The reason why they have a visitor program and, and phones and emails is for the purpose of uh, attempting to the best uh, of, of the, uh, you know, best under the circumstances that families stay together part of the reason for this is because there is um it, it is it is far more statistically likely that uh, a, a lone person will commit a crime than, than a family man um this also uh this also runs into uh another topic which which i find concerning which is that um separating separating families uh is a hard uh type of uh indirect punishment to measure, to gauge. So uh, first of all, most couples uh, within the first year of incarceration, nine, over 90% leads to divorce. Uh, they, they, their children suffer, uh, obviously, for, uh, for, for fatherless homes, and there's really no way to measure that into the system of, of, of the punishment. And it used to be that it just certainly keeping families together should be a priority uh, for our society. Because for everyone's benefit, for even from the outside, uh, when uh, homes, you know, home uh, families with, with fatherless neighborhoods, uh, it, it breeds further crime. It becomes an inter- intergenerational problem for everyone, not just the people inside.
0: Sure, and definitely, you know, we, we talked about this on this program often. What is the purpose? It's not to punish, but it's actually, uh, it's it's the Department of Corrections, it's the Department to change and to become better. And obviously, if you become bitter and disconnected from your family when you're released, you, you sort of have no other option. You know, you, you mentioned before, uh, Tovia, that there was, um, you know, concern. Now, Amram, your dad was quite a bit older than you. Um, I, you know, you're a strapping, pretty strong looking guy. Um, <laughs> and I assume that, you know, I, I get this idea that you know, it's not Club Med in prison there's 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 there's, there are physical difficulties and i don't know how your dad amram reacted to it but was there certain times when you could see that they were suffering a lot more with with, because of their age and watching that did that make it very painful to see that
1: it certainly it certainly is hard to watch uh people you care about suffer when you have almost nothing you can do about it. Truth it, it, it is really, you see it on both sides of the divide. You go to the visit room, you see the children at towards the end of the visit, as the children start to get up to leave, the confusion, the crying, the families leaving again. So uh, I got to see it for multiple families. Again, I had friends there as well. And to watch Elderly parents, uh, elderly grandparents have to come visit, and children have to come once a week. And then, and then, when it comes time to leave, um, so you know, there, there's 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 a lot of mixed emotions going on, a lot of crying, and it's it, it it's sad to watch, uh, really for anyone. It, uh, and, cert- and and then you have on the inside also you have you have watching, watching, yeah, watching. Just the, yeah, the physical discomfort, the, the hunger, the the weariness of being there. Uh, just day in, day out there, are there are days when, when, because it gets a little cloud, if it gets, if there's any form of precipitation in the air, they pretty much shut the place down. They don't, and then they, they count you mo- many more times during the day. They can, you know, they count us, you know, they count us like gold and treat us like, well, you know, so they, the just being in a building all day with no windows day after day with all the noise, and there's no, there's no, there's no respite from, from all this, uh, an assault of the senses, and there's no place you can go and just relax and just close the door behind you so uh yeah there's there's suffering on on, on all sides and you know that it, it's hard to watch
0: Especially, like I said, people can sometimes uh, garner within themselves that strength to be stoic and to be strong and to imagine. But when you're at the same time, like we have, you know, Lamosh with Yitzchak looking at Rivka, you know, as they're davening, you know, each one seeing each other's pain. I can imagine what it is. I mean, you know, I, I understand at least my impression is, is that you and, 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 and your dad, Amram, uh, had a very respectful relationship. And um, you know, someone that, that even, even if they're not suffering, just to see them like in that, in that orange jumpsuit, uh, not at the Shabbos table, not at the sitting at the head of the house and saying over Joshua, even that was probably something that was a, a big shock to you, to be able to, 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 to live with that day in and day out.
1: Right. Correct. And I remember that brings me back to my the first day when I got my jumpsuit, the, the, when they finally brought us to the federal building. And I, I, my father was in the booth on the right of me. And it was only a booth like maybe, uh, I don't know, five feet high. So you could see over. And they, the, the officer hands us both and we hand us, him back our civilian clothing and they send it home in a box. And I remember thinking that regardless of what I have to wear, my father should be lowered to my level. That should not be. That should not be. It, that it just. My father is a man of great dignity. He's a very, very simple man, but a man who I've always and he's always earned the respect just by his presence. And to see this was 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 very hard to watch. Unfortunately, I got used to it pretty quickly. Uh, and 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 yeah. And then sometimes you also the, the treatment uh by the officers again. Uh, for the most part, I it was surprisingly the officers were relatively docile however uh, there was at least one, like i could think of one officer off the top of my head who really had it out for my father he had off for me too but he really had it off for my father and my father is he's such an innocent person it's hard for him to understand how somebody just hates him for no reason and the person the officer would would harass him literally hound him follow him and find reason, ways to make his and, life and, and, difficult for years
0: using like like anti-jewish uh, slurs
1: well he had done that on at least one occasion uh but generally speaking they they have enough tools at their disposal to make you difficult without having to uh without having to 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 put themselves in a, they could they could technically get in trouble for that but there's enough ways they can uh harass you that they don't even need to resort to that it was just you know finding ways to uh just uh basically just just uh, yeah basically sort of like threatening behavior to sort of uh and it was and it was clear that this ceo
0: was not acting this way towards other uh people who were incarcerated it was something he was out for to get Rabamram out he was trying to he was trying to push him around and 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 intimidate him more than other, other of the other incarcerated people
1: absolutely uh but that but that's not uncommon though. It was just very difficult to watch to my father. Oh, I'm I, I sure would, it uh, was.
0: I can I want to tell you I, that the music, just the image of that, thinking about that and imagining for myself, I you know you know, every fiber of my being was would probably want to like reach out and take and wring this guy's neck and say, Leave my father alone and, and, and there you were not able to do anything. You had to be so docile. And and probably right, I, I would assume I would assume you'd cry seeing that. I don't you well, think you're was, a crier, it, but I would. I would be. That <laughs> well, was
1: very frustrating. There were also times when we were in the visitor room, for example, and at different times, there would some some of the officers there would let uh, cross. They call it cross visiting, where uh, my children can see him and. Uh, you know and, and my you know let's say my sister comes and she could go from visiting him to visiting me but some officers specifically uh did not allow that so he would be on the other side of the visit room seeing his grandkids but he can't talk to them my kids want to walk over to him and they're not allowed to and it's in the, seeing him have to abide by that was was so frustrating it seems so
0: group. arbitrary the, the grandchildren are there anyway right yeah, why not show at least a modicum, you know, of compassion uh in such a situation. Um I'm sure they wanted to the see in your trial it was remorse, regret. Um, you know, that's something I don't know how much it makes a difference, but but it isn't just for show. Uh, I, I would assume that almost anyone who 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 runs afoul of the law and is imprisoned, recognizes it's and, and probably is what we call about what they've done and, and why did this happen to me? What could I do better? And, 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 and the answer isn't just some, you know, I, I should have tovos during Shemone Esrei, but also what I did was incorrect. And my involvement of where I was at was wrong. I don't want to get into shaming or what degrees it was, but I assume that for, for most people that are incarcerated, that's what's happening within them. They are, they didn't just show regret at the, at at the trial, but they're obviously regretting. Um, And I'm wondering, um, having your family there, and I know it wasn't like in Goodfellas, like, where, like where, where, where they put the three guys, I forgot who it was exactly, but the three are all in there like making Italian food together, and enjoying themselves and they know they're going to be out. I know it wasn't like, like, like having a uh, no, but do you think that perhaps um, that squashes the instinct of reflection of, of, of doing tshuva for, for what you were in there for? I'm not saying that the punishment fit the crime. I, I, it's not for me to judge. But I would assume any person in your situation would say, you know, uh, like a like, shamnu like or something. Did having the family there like squashed that or, or like, like, you know, because mo- it was mostly about, hey, we're in this together. Was there any, do you think having them might've been negative in terms of reflection?
1: Okay, that's a very good point you bring up. But I think the greater question we first should ask is, does this sort of repentance work in in the system at all at large for everyone so my my answer would be i would say yes people i think a lot of people do have remorse when at least for the time that they're in there but i i think that there's also a lot of resentment that builds up as you mentioned earlier uh because there's a feeling that okay, fine, I made a mistake. Now, if 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 we if we then say okay, and now the entire world will globally reject you, and we will strip you of any identity you have, or and treat you like uh, garbage. Um, at a certain point, they're going to say okay. So there's no way for me. There's nobody resilient enough to say okay. I'm going to come back from this. They're going to say okay. They've turned on me. So now I'm on my own. You know. You know. Possibly their family left them. Many. Many uh, families have deserted inmates, especially if it's the second time around, they no longer feel like they can come back from that. And that leads to resentment. And, uh, that's, that's really a, a concern. I mean, because I don't think, I think that gets, that would impede in a person's, uh, at, at least the perception that he can ever come back from that. As far as whether or not my family, uh, helped or, 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 in any way, I would say, first of all, when I had left, my wife was pregnant. Um, so this was not. I did not. Again, my father, my brother. It was. Uh, there was certainly helpful. There were benefits of being with them, one hundred percent. But at the end of the day, is a lot of us were young family men who had young children at home, and the 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 the, uh, the 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 pain and the damage that that brought about was was significant, and and I would say uh, a lot more so than plenty of people who were there who. In some ways, who, who don't have families and young people uh, waiting at home, uh, I would say I, I would say as I as I mentioned before that uh, keeping families together should be a priority. And so I mean, I, not just in our obviously not just inside, but I mean as far as the relationships on the outside, and they and they, they do so they do make an attempt to do that with with the visitor rooms and all that. But at the end of the day. Um, I, I to answer the question i i don't think uh i I don't think it it inhibited any remorse uh uh from that perspective uh-huh.
0: because you know you, you could see that some of the benefits of solitude or at least not being with the people who were your enablers or the people who were patting you on the back is sometimes to think hmm, you know, I wasn't living right i i I was playing fast and loose. Whether it's white collar crime or whatever it is, and 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 you would hope that's what the solitaire or the disconnect from the family should hopefully generate within the person. And and I could see that you know if, you know if it's if it's if it's your if it's the people you grew up with, the people you love, because it sounds to me that you were you didn't have a bad relationship with your brother or your dad. It sounds like you had a very positive relationship with them, and you still do. But I could see that in certain situations. That could actually you know impede that 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 process um, you know again you know we have of course, in the Torah we have the B'nai Yaakov who who when they come to Mitzrayim, and they realize that something's up and they 're all in trouble they they actually do some soul searching which i 'm not sure if they would have done otherwise maybe it's maybe it's possible that having uh, you know your dad and your brother there maybe could even could have helped you uh, recognize hey we did something wrong and this is what we did wrong and this is what we need to work on. I'm not sure. Again, I, 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 it might be in your case, things are different, but you know, it, it could actually have,
1: you know, an opposite effect, I think, in some ways. Um, so, oh, I'm sorry. So first I, I would agree with, with the idea of, uh, of a solitary arrangement for, for reflection. Uh, however, the system, it doesn't usually put people in solitary. Usually on the contrary, they, one of the problems is that they force everyone to be together, uh, the great human experiment as I uh, like to think of, uh, think of it as uh, just taking every type of walk of life and just pushing them all in one place and see what happens. But most people actually do join uh, either gang affiliations or at least people of their crime uh, category. And it does encourage their their criminal-like behavior. I would say as far as family goes uh, – with regards to, with, you know, similar to uh, yeah, yeah, the Shvatim, it, it depends on each family. In my case, I think uh, for our family, we, we're not, we, I think we had a lot of time to uh, talk things through and analyze it from different situations every day. We would sort of think of a new, uh, sort of a new layer of it and how things got the way it did. And I think there was a lot of reflection there. Um, I, again, I think the remorse was more from just a general uh, outcome of the situation. But I do think that a lot of, um, you know, uh, again, how many adults get together with their family and spend years and years with them with no breaks. So I think there's a certain amount of, I guess, a ther- therapeutic quality that comes out of that uh, to some extent. So I think that there was that, oh, again. Unfor-
0: unfortunately, mo- a lot of the world had it over the last two years with COVID, right. which is where people have been sort of like in prison with each other. Well, well you know, I-, I already know the answer to this, but you never know what could go into your head over a period was, was there an element of blaming your dad? Uh, You know, because I, from the way I understand the case um, that your, it was, your dad was a more primary uh, person in in, in the government's case. And he sort of dragged you into it. Um, Did you have any, you know, I know you free, it was your free will to participate. Did, Did ever in some of those moments think, look, I love him, but, but, you know, I, I blame him for getting me into this.
1: Well, the judge did see it that way. Uh, however, I, understand the other hand, did not, and here's why. In order for someone to be held accountable, they had to have had some inkling of what the responsibility uh, of risk that they were taking was. In our case, there is no way in our wildest nightmares that we think that what we considered to be a pretty low-level uh, uh, Typical type of activity, criminal activity, uh, was going to generate such a uh, long, extensive, an extensive, and catastrophic outcome. So, if you had you asked me that day, which unfortunately nobody did, but what do you think the worst case scenario would be? Is I would have assumed that it would have been treated maybe on the misdemeanor level, and that is obviously not the way the government saw it. They saw it, and they came at it from uh, from. They came with a SWAT truck and a helicopter, so they obviously didn't see it that way. But to to, to my defense, um, the if you were to compare it to, um, if you were to compare it to, there is a way to look at it from that point of view without divulging too much of the case. Uh, the way that they 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 the way that they labeled what the crime was, it could have been on the very lower end of misdemeanor, and at the very higher end a 25 year sentence. So, I, without again, without getting too specific, uh, there, there was a way that it could have been viewed that way. Not that I thought about that, but it it, it it felt a lot more like towards the misdemeanor level, and it ended up being much more like the maximum extreme level based on the way the case played out. The way a case is built uh, will affect very much the outcome and the sentence. So, there's no way anyone would have imagined that this was going to be the outcome. So, how could I hold him accountable if uh, no one? could have pictured this in fact even afterwards nobody believed that it happened i understand and, and i think part of it I, i'm gonna you know
0: go out on a limb just from the conversations we've had that you know your nature is not to curl up and to uh, lash out and you know and, and to you know create blame for other people but you know i, I thought i could ask the question uh, you know you you've mentioned before that um you know the camaraderie that exists uh, within uh within the prison walls and um you know you were like you say you were with uh you're able to be with to be with your dad you were able to be with your brother um do, do sometimes other inmates uh, sometimes assume familial like roles in your life um, whether it's the person you're where you know people become sex slaves uh, for someone else I'm talking about just in terms of yeah you know th- these guys that are together become like brother become like father and son did you ever see anything like that I mean you had it did you ever s- notice that
1: among some of the other inmates that's a very interesting question uh, a fascinating uh, phenomenon that I think you could witness there. And that is when a person walks in, the first thing they do is uh, just strip them of everything that uh, identifies who they are. So, or to themselves and to the outside world, and clothing, uh, there's no phone, there's no, there's no career, there's no car, there's no family presence. So a person now needs to figure out where he fits in into the new societal hierarchy of, 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 of the world that he finds himself in so uh he the way some of the ways that he is categorized as by others and himself is what kind of what sort of crime it was what uh his 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 race his his race religion i mean the fact that you're a jew in prison means a tremendous amount about about who you are uh this could this often leads to gang affiliations and once somebody finds their place there and finds out uh what you know they find out what the rules are the social norms uh the expectations the threats they start to people crave normalcy people so people crave uh, an order a system that that's familiar to them so once people figure out who they are, whether as an individual or, or with their gang affiliation, um, they can then figure out where they're going to sit, what sort of, uh, what, again, what will be expected of them threats, uh, what's their, what's their role, uh, as far as, uh, as far as who they can talk to, you know, who they can associate with, who, uh, and who they're going to do business with. And then at that point, uh, there's, there there are networks there are social uh there are constructs where people uh where people will will, you know, will that you know who they're going to spend their time with who they 're allowed to be seen with and that and people make sense of the world that way and people there there are more sophisticated criminals and so then there are the the lower downs and so then there are uh the, the people that you know get mistreated the most because of their crime et cetera. but that is uh, there yeah people it, it to me it's a it, it's a, just a fantastic um fantastic uh, psychological experiment again of taking all walks and races and all crime, all criminal backgrounds uh and just putting them all into big rooms and saying let's just see what happens uh, and and some pretty pretty interesting uh, uh interactions uh, take place uh if, if, if there was which is why i think that there is um uh, sort of a, a trend now of, of shows of tv tv show uh, tv shows uh, uh, of prison prison shows because people are just what is going you know, people want to know what's going on in this alternative universe
0: yeah, like orange is the new black or those other types of programs where people want to people. Of course, that that has to do with, as, as Yitzhak knows, has to do with the other uh, subgenre of women prisons, which is anyway some sort of fetish fascination that people have. Right. But, uh, but, but again, I guess what I was talking about is you probably see people there that, I mean, you had Amram with you, but you probably saw other things where people were finding their own Amrams. Younger people were finding mentors. People were finding brothers, although they were strangers before they came in. They were using, as you say, the experiment, whether they were their roommates or the person or their cellmates, you saw forging pseudo-family type of connections there, right? That's something that-
1: that, Absolutely, absolutely absolutely in in gang relations i would say that the the connection might be stronger than family for some but even uh within cellmates uh, you you have to pick someone who you're going to live with and be there with them 24 7 uh so there's a there's a tremendous uh you know there has to be a compatibility level there people have to look out for each other people need people need uh people to no one could survive there without uh, it, well in some at least in some instances without uh without people uh to to support them so they need that uh um, there are you had, also a a... Tovia, you had a choice
0: Tovia. you had i mean people have choices about who's going to be their cellmate
1: so that's a very another very uh interesting point because uh it's, it's, it's cellmates could be it could be a, a, a uh, it could be a pretty dangerous situation if it's if the cellmates aren't aren't uh, uh, in line with each other. So uh, the the officers are very careful who they put with who, uh, and they know that that is the that is the a, a determining factor of. of of what the of what the piece in the place is going to look like, what the what the sentiment is going to, you know, you know, what, the energy level of the place. And initially, they'll only put people with their own race or their own gang member. They, they there's no political correctness in there. If wow. you want to be with a if you want to be with a different race, you have to get you have to tell them. I, you you both have to agree. They would never force it on you. Now, uh, yeah, so they also allow for unofficial uh unofficial uh, 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 requests to move to other cells even though they're not supposed to because they know that in order to keep the peace you better make sure that the people are 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 okay with who they're in the cell with so you tell the counselor look I'm moving to that cell he's moving there and he's moving there and uh here here are the request forms please you know and he just signs it and then everyone just takes care of their business in some places like the first place I went to the inmates told me which cell I was going to so that's also very common depending on the environment I walked in the officer sends me to one cell the inmates they just immediately escort me to a different cell they ran they ran the show they
0: were running the show
1: absolutely right and the officer did not even uh did not did he just their role is to act like they don't see these things
0: wow because it's almost like if we don't give them their independence here we're going to have a riot somewhere else so we have to sort of like you know let let the animals in the cage put their own hierarchy here because if we're going to get involved it's just going to come back to bite us later Wow. That's right. And, the, yeah. the, and um, you know, you talk about gang members, we talk about uh, different races. Um, obviously, where you were, there, you know, and we know in every uh, prison, whether it's federal or state, there is a very large amount of, of African American uh, persons incarcerated. We've talked about on this program how, uh, whether, you know, what, uh, what, is, what this disparity indicates about our society. Um, I would assume coming from where you were, although I don't know, you know what neighborhood you're from exactly, but just the impression that you give and what, what I know about your case, that you probably didn't have uh, much interaction with members of the African-American community before you were incarcerated. W- w- am I right in assuming that?
1: Well, in my early years, I lived in a neighborhood where I was uh, in close contact with them, but that was, uh, it, that was a long time ago. In my adult life, not, 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 not often. Yeah.
0: So, so so would you say that that you've you've been through this horror, this 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 horrible experience, do you think that you have a greater sensitivity now uh to the African-American experience? And do you think that maybe people like yourself, other than joining you know, Rabbi Scheiman, who's here with us, uh in terms of promoting more compassion in terms of re-entry and understanding what we've been through. Do you think that people like yourself could, could be ambassadors um, to the greater Jewish community about the injustices and things that are going on in the African-American community and, and how they are getting the short end of the stick in criminal justice?
1: Most definitely. Uh, I Seeing them up close, uh, one of the things that you realize is that you you meet the individuals and when you meet people regardless of what they've been through it's it, it, you you can empathize with someone that is 100 uh 100 the, the way it felt uh you know with, with with the many of them that i was i was you know quite close to over the year over the years i was there now in some prisons uh not uh races are not allowed to necessarily uh associate with each other but that wasn't my case um now what i would say is They. This is a problem that affects, as I mentioned before, it affects people outside too. When when you have neighborhoods that 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 are where fatherless homes, you know, are rampant, that is not good for anyone. It's not. um, It it becomes. It it literally goes on from decade to decade. Uh, Now. The the Jewish organizations, as as we see here, um, uh, with Rabbi, with Abe uh have have a disproportionate amount of 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 people who are willing to fight and protect for 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 our community, and uh, and and we actually do help them too by proxy. Uh, for instance, SEDEC changed uh, the you know created the First Step Act, which has helped far more African Americans, and it's helped Jews uh, to just just proportionally. And uh, I think that if they have any organizations, which I know they do, I believe Kim Kardashian uh, uh, has one, uh, which, uh, which uh, uh, she really has made some progress, uh, they should definitely join up it'll help uh, it'll help both of us it'll help both sides uh, uh, boost uh, amplify each other's uh, energy uh, uh, momentum I think that it is a, a, a catastrophe that we shouldn't look the other way from even even if even if it didn't affect us uh, even if it didn't affect uh, individual Jews which are certainly uh, a, a small minority of the prison system in, in the big picture uh, I don't think it's okay I don't think it's right that, that that this is going on I don't think it's helpful to anyone I think a lot of people I think people really understand this, but there's seems to be some impediments that are preventing us from uh, doing anything about this. They need to pursue any alternatives to the prison uh, setting and and path uh, possible. This, this shouldn't be, this shouldn't be the, the, you know, the the system uh, just doing this, uh, you know, I think that it, I think the system we talk about that, I think it, there is a large part of it that is sort of been created unintentionally. You know, every year, you know, new laws are created, but how many laws are ever are ever reviewed for relevancy? If we keep building this uh, this this Goliath, right, and it, some of these laws uh, are are. are you just cast a wide net and just it's it just it systematically put people away, and uh, people aren't revisiting to know whether or not uh, these laws are accurately uh, and precisely doing what they're intended to do.
0: Well, Toby so, you know, you you sound very close to some of our other guests that we've had on the program who are actually avowed abolitionists in a way of how how wrong the whole uh, prison system is. I think though that most of them. Even some of the ones that are very um, strongly argue their case realize that change happens uh, at, a, at a very iceberg pace and that, you know, th- what you're talking about, you know, the complete rethinking of the system going to some place, you know, like, like, like using, I guess, I guess I, I, Scandinavian countries as a model, it's going to be a, a very, very long time before that could happen. In the United States, and you know SEDEC and others realize that they have to work through the you know, slogging through bills that change things little by little um, uh, you know it, it isn't just an attitude but there's there's a lot of uh, infrastructure uh, in terms of keeping prisons open in terms of uh, we've talked about the local economy and other things like that, so you know you're a young person I'm not saying that you won't see it. You know, Mr. with Mashiyaki, everything will change. But I'm, I'm not saying that you won't see. It, but I, I think there, you know, we do need a little uh, dose of realism. I, w- I was thinking more, really, about you know, before COVID, you know, that there was a lot of talk about the increase of uh, black anti-Semitism uh, and attacks against Orthodox Jews um, that was occurring uh, in the in the New York metropolitan area. A number of cases. I don't know if you heard about it. I think you might have still been. Uh, incarcerated at the time, and I, I'm just—it's hoping and 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 wanting that people like yourself, uh, you know, openly showing yourself as an Orthodox Jew, could be someone along with other people that who are in this to sort of like, as I said, be ambassadors that 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 t- to fight the good fight, but also to lower the temperature and to let uh, uh, you know, that community know that community that has been. Um, you know, you know, uh, pushed around to realize that Orthodox Jews are not their enemies, and and because you were with them, in ways that you would never have been otherwise.
1: Well, absolutely, and if I was ever given the opportunity to be some sort of uh, uh, some sort of ambassador, some sort of uh, vessel to assist I, to that end, I I would definitely take the opportunity. In fact, when I was inside, one of my uh, one th- one project that I did, although I I still don't know, I'm still sitting on this project, um, is I interviewed uh, maybe a hundred different. Um, uh, uh in, inmates from various uh backgrounds and i just got their life story not necessarily their prison life story just their general life story and the idea was for people to sort of put a face on what on uh, uh on on what it is that we've locked up and thrown away the key because it's very easy for people to sort of label a group of people say well that would never happen to me these people deserve it um they deserve uh, infinite punishment, and there's no forgiveness, and we should never look at them again. So, and some of the people I came across were you know, there were people there with special needs, African Americans with special needs. I remember there were there were people who were. Uh, I remember there was one, you know, one one Spanish guy who, when he was nine years old, he had to clean up his own mother's murder by a rival gang. Uh, I mean, the stories are are. Uh, you know, it's hard to, you know, they're unfathomable. I mean, it's what people have gone through the suffering, I really think that we should uh, be able to empathize with them and realize that, uh, that, that maybe we don't need to just use a point system to uh, just continue to continue. I, I am aware that this would take a tremendous overhaul. But at the same time, when when Sedeck changed that law, thousands of people went home. So, you know that was that sure that was work, and and you know and it didn't happen overnight. But one law can send thousands of people home, one without even having to change the whole system. Uh, I mean, you, you think back from the the last twenty years, how many things have changed? I mean, uh, if, for better and for worse. But in all in all
2: areas of of the political you know, climate,
0: you know I know I know Rabbi Shaiman can talk to that, but before I know uh, Yitzchok, I know you've been uh,
2: you- well. First of all, we. we we are an open dorm prison here so it's um it's it's you don't have a cellmate, you have you know a a big a big room filled with you know 30 men so that's uh it it, but that's because we're a lower security prison so it's you know that that's what leads to that meaning the other prisons it's uh you know, you're going to have two two or four men in a, in a room. Here, you might have a side room where you might have four men, you know, still essentially part of the same block, but their bed is in a side room as opposed to in the big room. But uh, either way, it's, uh, you know, that's that's not e- even really the issue. But I have seen, though, when I worked in the federal prisons, you know, I remember there was one, one there was, a, he was a Rosh Hashiva and he was a, a frail, Older person, um, you know, looked looked older than he was, and he was actually—I don't know if the prison understood what was going on there—but they they put him as a a cellmate with someone who was a, a white supremacist, and and the man, you know, the, the cellmate kept you know threatening to kill him, and for that reason, uh, for his own protection, uh, this inmate, this Jewish inmate, wound up uh, in the in the hole in the in the special housing unit. So that was, you know, part of the problem there was that, you know, sometimes someone is, is not sent to the special housing unit uh, for, you know, as as a punishment, but rather for their protection. Then later on, I remember this particular inmate, there was a, a book about the Hasidic community that was published uh, of pictures and things published some years back. And the, this inmate's father was one of the pictures. So when I, I brought the book into the prison, then we were allowed to bring books in at the time. And he and I showed it to him. He's like, oh, I want to show it to my cellie." So I guess he did, you know, when, when he was switched to a, a more appropriate cellmate, he did manage to be, you know, somewhat friendly that he would want to show a picture of his father that was published in a book to, to, to his cellmate. So this
0: was a Rosh Hashiva was, his cellmate is obviously not a Jew, but someone he had become friendly enough that they could live together. Yeah, meaning his
2: first cellmate was someone who, who I wanted it. to kill him. And then his second cellmate was someone that he was he was comfortable enough, and then, and the, but then, uh, thinking of that, that, that particular story, so, uh, you know, you, you hear, that, that inmate was someone from the, talking about Jewish achtas, that, that inmate was someone from, from the Satmar community, this Rosh Hashiva, and he made a Chavrusa shaft with Aid who was a, a, a conservative Jew, a, a Sherman Tera Mitzvot, but, but someone involved with the conservative movement, and they, even though, you know, maybe behind his back, this Rosh Shiva this would tell me, oh, it has not got the Shiksa and this and Yen's and Vuz, but Sof Kol Sof, they had to make do with what they had, but I saw that they did develop a friendship. But then the things that I've seen here, security threat groups, and I think, you know, it's it's a difference between, you know, by, by identifying as such, because I remember we, someone had mentioned that in the New York State prisons, they consider Orthodox Jews to be a gang, which I don't think you could, you know, you might be able to call it a gang, but not a security threat group. Whereas here in Pennsylvania, it's specifically, the concern is that they are worried about security threat groups. And here in this particular prison, being a lower security prison, there are very few people who are, you know, dyed-in-the-wool gang members. We have a handful of them, but its uh, they're few and far between, and there is always the concern that we want to keep them away from their rival gangs, because again, the, the issue is the security threat. The issue well, is,
0: well, well, I, well I, it's look, I'm sure that, uh, you know, in Tuvia's case, I'm sure that although, you know, they let, you know, people of the same gang, I'm sure they probably would not, put people, if they knew they were in opposite gangs, that probably would be a recipe for, for disaster. Right. But they sure-
2: also want to, keep, they want to keep the Like one thing.
3: I'd really like to comment on two points. One is, um, uh, the um, concept of being um, assigned a cell by 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 the gang members in the state of Illinois when I started going in 1980, um, up until 1996, that is the way cells were assigned. You weren't, not only were you assigned, you had to pay rent to the gang to be in the cell that you were assigned. There was a rental fee. Wow. And they yeah. really ran the. Assign the, the assign the job assignments and the housing assignments. In 1996, uh, there was a big one. Rabbi
0: uh, Shimon, the family would, in other words, your family outside state. would have to pay money to the gang.
3: The I had a Jewish guy. Um, uh, his name was Ruvein, um, and and he I used to go visit him, and he had a a pretty choice cell, uh, and he had to pay rent to the uh, whatever that particular Chicago gang was for his cell.
0: Meaning, his family on the outside sent money to the gang.
3: He had his own money.
0: Oh, even while he yeah. was in, in prison, he was able to. Yeah,
3: he was. He was a land. He he had his rent. He had his. Uh, he he had money. Uh, but uh, wow, uh, 1996. There was a big uh, scandal in Illinois, and the, it was so embarrassing. The state actually had to take back the prisons, and that those practices don't take take place anymore. And they're a lot stricter with the gangs. They, they, they broke up the gangs. They moved people. They even have um, a few, at least one I know, which is a gang-free prison. If, if Internal Affairs goes through your file and sees any tattoos or any affiliation, you're not allowed in that prison. So there's actually a gang-free prison. And that's one like uh, Yitzhak was talking about where they have the dormitories uh, instead of the man room. It's a much more open prison because there are no gangs over there. The other thing is that um, Sadec, by changing a law and releasing thousands of people, so uh, I think what you what you mentioned about you know abolishing the whole system. Who knows how long it could take? I think if there's research done between all the different groups that are advocating to target certain changes that will actually have an impact to release thousands of people, whether, you know, sometimes it could be COVID, maybe because it's age, maybe it's because of a certain amount of years that a person has been in, but if research could be done, how to, you know, target certain laws, which would be bipartisan, Republicans and Democrats would both, um, you know, be on board with it, and that could affect thousands of lives. I think that is a good direction to go. Uh, before the whole system could be abolished
0: Uh, yeah i I don't want to be like a you know uh uh, we we are emotional and intellectual beings and and i think what we're fighting is a um sort of like the old mindset which is they got what they deserve let them rot this is the way things are uh they got to suffer they shouldn't have made that mistake in the first place you know etc and i think that the more we humanize and, and, and especially tell people for the grace of god there go you I think that is, is the key to getting people to vote for the legislators and for the legislators not to be afraid to be on the forefront for this. Um, uh, we're really running out of time over here, Tovio. It's been great. I want to give you a, your last little statement here before we sign off.
1: Okay, great. I'm, I, I actually, if I could use this opportunity to give a public safety advice, uh, it's, it's something that I feel should be out there more. Um, just... Uh, if someone finds himself in a situation where they are arrested, and most people don't expect it, um, uh, they should, that is not the time and place to try to negotiate their innocence, especially if they're innocent. Uh, They could say something that will unintentionally uh, make things worse for them. The interrogation will go on a lot longer. It's, and the ramifications could be a lot worse. The best thing to do is wait until the right time approaches and with the right people uh specifically an attorney so as soon as someone asks to see an attorney, the interrogation basically ends and they can save themselves uh, a, a lot of misfortune so I, I just I think someone should keep that in mind and then and this is not for traffic tickets I'm talking for more serious uh, than that generally uh, but really uh, when when someone gets arrested they're not looking uh, to, to to determine the person's innocence they're only looking to incriminate them at that time. Uh, the best thing to do is is wait. Until you're with your lawyer, and then you can try to uh, prove your innocence. Uh, again, a traffic ticket you might be able to talk your way out of, uh, uh, but a serious, a more serious arrest, it is, it is extremely unlikely.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you, what you're saying, uh, Toby, is resist the natural tendency to want to defend yourself and thinking that the people in front of you could, would might hear the logic or the emotion in your voice and, and let you off. Freeze up, realize that you're in a pickle, and wait for the person who's a professional to deal with you. Right.
1: They're not even the people that generally can let somebody off, and they're only looking to further box somebody in with uh, statements that again i'm talking to especially a person who's innocent uh a person might say i was never in you know you're telling me i i did this in albany i was never even in albany and all they need to do is look back and find a time when you might have been there as a kid and you forgot and now you've just uh well you lied about this what else you know what else have you lied about so uh just this, it it, it won't it won't help it can only go downhill at that point um the best thing to do, well, in, in almost all cases, the best thing to do would be uh, to do it in the proper setting, uh, not during the interrogation.
0: Yeah, well, in, 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 in the coveter of a shy hopefully none of us ever are going to have to use it. But coming from someone who's been there, uh, I think that's, a, that's a, a great statement for us to, uh, to sign off with. So thanks a lot. We shall hope to see you again soon. Uh, Tuvio, you're such, a, I'm going to say right now, you're a, you're a great guest. We're going to tap you again because we know there's more. seems to me like you share a lot of our vision, and we're going to see you again hopefully soon. Take care, everybody. Thank
1: you. It really really was a privilege.
0: Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.